Welcome to the Stuff Bell Says podcast, where we talk about life lessons, light bulb moments on the trail, and daily adventures. Welcome back to another episode of the Stuff Bell Says podcast. Today, we are going to continue the Q&A of the 72-mile High Sierra Trail series. And just for some of you guys that are listening to this on its own as a standalone episode, we just did the High Sierra Trail um, in the beginning or sometime in the middle of August towards the beginning part of it. And we did the trail that crosses the Sierra Nevada from west to east. And this starts in Sequoia National Park, ends in Mount Whitney, which is the highest in the lower 48 states um, in the United States. Duh. Um, So it was my second time in Whitney, and it was my first time on the High Sierra Trail. We were there for eight days and seven nights. I was accompanied by a couple of people, Maddie and Sharon. We started off with five, but two couldn't make it, but we still had a great time. So this is the second part of the Q&A that I did share last time about, I was going to say last week, but it was it was last week, you know, but you're probably listening to this a little bit later. So if you haven't subscribed, you know, please go ahead and do so so other people can see this podcast, rate and review, especially an Apple podcast so others can see it and can benefit from it. Again, this is a four-part series of the High Sierra Trail. We're going to start off with a Q&A, which this is the second part of that Q&A because there's a couple of questions that I missed. We're going to talk about details in food and gear on a separate episode. Lessons learned definitely on a separate episode and some perspectives from both Sharon and Maddie as we gather around our thoughts together with that so yeah thank you for being here thank you for following on instagram which is at this moment our only way to communicate um thank you and i hope that this helps you because really this is for some of you guys who have no clue why this podcast even began this is a quarantine project and when quarantine happened i'm like what are we gonna do you know we can't go hiking we can't do anything like that so the podcast came out and um here we are we are four episodes in and i'm really looking forward to um doing more and hopefully it will bring more joy and happiness and lessons and things that we did that you could benefit from that you know will be useful for you and um, things that did not work for us hopefully you can learn from them as well and more importantly I see this podcast more of as a place for trail lessons and adventures in everyday life and there's just a lot of lessons I mentioned this in the very intro of podcast episode and so many lessons that we can draw from every single day so i just wanted this to be a hub for that whatever lessons whatever things you might be going through and ultimately that you would see them yourself you know that you would see the lessons as you go through life as you go through the trails as you travel along in everyday life that you will see lessons because man what if we just see everything and not learn from it then I just feel like that's kind of a waste Um, there is productivity when it comes to learning something so anyway I'm preaching to the choir here because I'm pretty sure you guys already know that. So let's continue with the Q&A that I got. So last time I 
did answer a few questions and today I'm going to answer a few more. I would say I'm going to try to make this as quickly as possible because I know last time went a little bit farther than I wanted it to be. So here we go. Let's start with this first question. This was interestingly phrased, but I'll just read it. How was the water? slash taking a shower <laughs> okay that was cool um so hi sierra trail uh let me kind of backtrack a little bit here when we were out there there was a lot of lakes and there was a hot spring one single hot spring throughout the entire entire trail um you really don't get to shower unless you bring a portable shower like a backpacking shower thing which i did not think i would need i was gonna be fine doing no showers you know i kind of mentally prepared for that so we rinsed off at the lakes i personally just got my feet in for me i did not bring swimming clothes which is something i would bring in the future i'm going to be bringing shorts for swimming and and just do all that and i really did not plan on jumping and if i were to jump i was just gonna go in however needed at that moment if it was necessary but I rinsed off at the lakes with my feet um, that's pretty much it you know and everything else I just use wipes no soap is allowed you can't use soap at any of the lakes or hot springs even if you do laundry which in fact somebody commented went out of his way and commented that I wasn't supposed to do laundry at the lake or at the creek and yes fyi we did not do laundry there we just got water from there and put it in a ziploc and then took it back away from the water and that's what we did for laundry you know you wash your stuff in a ziploc bag and i'd had dr bronner's soap which is you know very very useful so we did not you can't use soap um we used wipes to wipe off dirt and stuff like that and day four we got to the hot springs and i got my full body rinsed off which is super cool because you know with that hot water it just felt i felt so clean literally i felt like a new person when we were done there and this was day four so it was halfway through our trip which is kind of nice um i know maddie jumped in the lakes at least two or three times so he got to rinse off a little bit more than we did so but after day four None of us went in any of the lakes. We normally just wash, you know, in the creek and stuff like that. And a lot of times we were using wipes. A hack, though, that I figured out by day six, night of day six, which was um, the second to the last night of our of our trip. I have a, a microfiber towel, very small, that's easy to dry. I use it as a rag because one, I ran out of wipes. Because remember, I had the runs in the first couple of... Uh, days and so I used pretty much all of it and literally when you're at down to like one or two wipes and you still have like three days you're just like oh no what am I gonna do um so I used a rag the microfiber towel that I had and it was easy to dry I should have done this beforehand so I literally like boiled some water um just enough that I can handle it and wet that rag and used it to wipe my body and I was just like, how did I not think of this before? I could have saved so much wipes and, and all that. So anyway, not being able to shower for being out there for eight days. I think you need to be okay. You need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's one of those things where it becomes a mental challenge. You know, I think it's more of like mental mindset, mental mindset. It's a mental thing for you to put yourself in a position to not be uncomfortable with uncomfortability. You know, if that makes sense, it's already an uncomfortable situation. The first three days, I'm still trying to figure myself out. By the time day, day four 
came and I feel like, okay, finally I'm getting things down and you just have to be okay with being uncomfortable and eventually you'll get your system down. So not showering was one of those things and hey, it was fine. I came home and literally day eight when we were coming down Whitney and all I wanted was a shower, to be honest. I wanted to, to do that and so we actually got to stay in a motel after we came down the High Sierra Trail and boom, shower was the most glorious thing ever. Craziest thing is that I had to shampoo my hair a couple times because it wouldn't even lather. <laughs> That's how you know how dirty our hair was or at least mine. But yeah, no shower just lakes rinsed off at the hot springs and that was that you know so that's for that question next question is did you experience any altitude sickness on this trip yes and yes and also there were many times that i didn't didn't so for the entire trip i think we started off from crescent meadows i think we were down at i think seven or eight thousand feet already i can't remember exactly but There were two times that I remember I felt it when we were going up above 10,000 feet and how that works for me that I now I'm, you know, figuring out is that the left side of my head starts to get like heavy and, um, you know, I I was thinking I would look at my Garmin and and look that and see that we are above 10,000 so I was feeling it there. And in fact, the pa- I never felt altitude sickness when I started hiking up until I would say 2017 and I first felt it um, on Baldy, Mount Baldy out here in San Gabriel um, mountains and we were going up and it was only 8,000 and I was like feeling really weird and I was wondering why and it could be that because AMS or altitude sickness acute mountain syndrome sickness i think it's what it is basically comes above 8000 feet a lot of factors that go into it it could be dehydration you need salt sodium you probably didn't eat enough you know whatever stuff like that so you can also take advil if you want to do that but i really am trying my best to not do any of that stuff that way i can just do things naturally so two times i felt it above 10,000. the left side of my head was starting to feel heavy and i remedied it with just electrolytes fuel which is food and more water and i've been taking this um, noon tablets that i put in my water and boom it just helps out with electrolytes so for those of you guys that are going up above 10,000, typically if you want to not have altitude sickness the way to beat it is just to acclimate to take it really slow for those of you guys that are day hiking like say mount whitney or something like that i tell you i had a permit for a day hike to whitney i was not very excited about it and thankfully it kind of got canceled because of certain things and so i am glad that did not happen because i am personally not willing to day hike a mountain like Whitney, um, 22 miles. I think it's doable. You can definitely do it. You know, you, a lot of people start at midnight or 2 a.m. and then come down, basically come in in the dark, leave in the dark. I just don't know if I'm willing, you know, like I would rather enjoy my hike. I want to see what's around me. It's still fun, but 24 hours really not enough to enjoy a big mountain like Whitney. So if you can get an overnight, that would be better and if you are going to do a day hike doing stuff like Whitney I would definitely take one or two days at the most one day, at the least okay one day prior to be up 
at 10,000, you know, or just go somewhere. I did Baden-Powell just before we started the High Sierra Trail. That was the only thing I could squeeze in before we go. And that was about 9,000, which is great. You know, I did not feel elevation sickness at all um, up until day, I would say day four four or five you know when we were already so high up but the first few days i took advil only because i was so sore but after that i said you, you know what i got diarrhea so i'm not going to take any more because it causes my stomach to go weird so i did not do that so the best way to be ams or acute mountain sickness or syndrome is just acclimating you know just get to where you need to be and i i was figured being out on the high sierra trail for that long by the time we get to whitney i would not feel it in fact i did not feel it I did not even take Advil. Can you believe it? My plan worked. I took a lot of electrolytes, you know. Um, I ate a lot the night before. Some of you guys probably saw it on my Instagram post. We had a hailstorm that night, which was day seven, um, night seven of our trip. We got to Guitar Lake and there was a hailstorm and... I was like, I don't care. There's no bears anymore up this high. So I'm going to cook in my tent. So I cooked in my tent and I ate a lot. Two packs of ramen, added sesame oil, finished all my bacon bits. And that was like all starches and fat and everything. So I wanted to eat. I ate a lot of snacks. I think I finished my entire dried mango pack that night. Just like every single calorie counts. And so that's one way to beat it. Lots of water. We drank a lot every single day. There were only times when it was cooler that I did not feel like I was drinking enough. But usually I'll just down like a lot of water, you know, before sleeping or something like that. That's hard because um, it makes you want to go pee in the middle of the night, which I don't like because it's so dark. But with that, I would just advice for you to acclimate any of you guys that are gonna take a trip somewhere at high elevation um, to avoid it you know drink a lot of water beforehand electrolytes bring it with you eat a lot of food and just acclimate 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 that's the best way or you can take medications which i have not personally done myself people do like diamox or something like that and those are prescription drugs and so i don't prefer doing anything like that i want to do things as natural as possible making my body adjust to it naturally because it's just more enjoyable you don't have to worry about anything that you've put in your body to help digest what is necessary so when it comes to altitude sickness man when we were getting up to we were past 13,000 that's when I started feeling it the last 1.9 miles you see the sign at the top of Whitney or you know the junction of the high Sierra JMT all that to get to the top of Whitney it was as 1.9 I started feeling it there because we dropped off our packs right there which you can um, and we just kind of went up the last two miles of Whitney with a day pack which which is funny because my day pack zipper broke and so I had like an open backpack I didn't care I'm like whatever I just want to get there and I was tired and you know we made it up to the top and come, came back down and everything was fine so the best way to beat it too is if you feel it when you're already up there the best solution is of course hydrate yourself and everything but the only, the best best way to do that is come down if you're getting sick up there you got to come down come down in elevation and that'll hopefully help with what you're feeling so hope that helps um that's kind of short but you know i'm sure you can read a lot more exhaustive things about altitude sickness i did not feel it quite as much on this trip because we were already so well acclimated and even at the times that i did I was able to remedy that with just minor things like water, electrolytes, and food. So the next question, 
what you thought was the hardest part, either mental or physical. So for me, mentally, I felt like I was prepared. When we started off the trail on day one from Crescent Meadows, I did not have the intention of quitting anywhere in between, um, regardless of what happened in day three and four. I was mentally prepared and I don't know what, but something in me snapped in my head after my Whitney trip last year. I struggled so much last year um, going up Whitney and... It wasn't because I wasn't prepared. Like, I literally started running last year, and I hate running for those of you guys who know me. I don't like running. I don't enjoy it. The only part that I enjoy about it is, one, you get a workout, and two, it really does help with stamina, but I don't enjoy it one bit. So I'm so sorry for all my runner friends. You guys know this, and this is no personal offense or anything like that. I just don't like it, period. And my knees don't like it either, but it was helping me. So last year, I ran a lot. I was supposed to run a 10K this year, my very first race ever. Did not happen because Corona. But um, my mind changed and I stopped overthinking things after Whitney last year. And I just feel like that was one of the reasons why I had such a hard time. It was more of a mental challenge than it was physical. When you train so much, when you run and you hike and physically you're capable, I think it comes down to what you allow in your mind when you are in the middle of those big hikes, um, such as Whitney and even High Sierra Trail. So mentally, I was prepared. So it's funny because now looking back and looking at the elevation gain and how much we walked, I felt like, man, it it was hard and I had a pack, but it also, I didn't think it was that hard to the point that it was not doable. It was so good. Like I felt like I had such a good experience that I was prepared for it. And so my mind changed after Whitney last year. And because of that, every single hike after just felt like easy, if that makes sense. It's not easy though. I got to tell you, like my legs are crying and my knees are crying, especially I did a 17 mile hike um, as part of training a couple months ago. And and I wanted to get some mileage in, see how that feels to hike 17 miles in one day again. And man, I did not bring up bring my pulse, which in fact, this is a plan for me that I would have another episode just for this particular one. Because I at first I was like, I'm not going to bring any poles. It's going to be only 17 miles and it's relatively not very steep. But at the end of that hike, I was like my knees were crying. So my mind stopped overthinking. Um, I trained really hard. I learned this technique called a rest step. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Learned rest step and I executed it on this hike. And literally what it is is that you just have to step and extend your your leg straight for some of you guys who are hikers you just probably need to look it up on youtube because that's easier than me trying to explain it um with words so i learned that and i did that with the backpack and you know i felt like it made things more enjoyable not easy more enjoyable so i thought the hardest part though physically was um the stretch from bear paw meadow which was night one for us all the way to big arroyo and that was i would say a three thousand plus almost four thousand feet gain um we split that up in two days as you know we added an extra day on our trip which was great i think that was one of the the hardest part of the high sierra and of course, um, I would say the last, you know, 1.9 miles of Whitney, not because 
it's super steep. It's actually not very steep. It's relatively flat, actually. It's just kind of a straightforward thing. But because of elevation, your body's getting pulled down by gravity. And I just feel like that's what makes it hard as opposed to it being a difficult terrain. Yeah, there are a lot of rocks and, you know, steep drop-offs and stuff like that if you're scared of heights. It's definitely something to just focus on your feet and not worry about what's on the side, you know, because that's just, you know, you can't change that part of it. And so you just got to focus. So I think that was the hardest part, you know, it was a hot day going up Whitney and having a a big pack if it's like 40 pounds and under or whatever I'm not an ultra light backpacker as you can tell then yeah that makes it difficult but other than that like trail crest ascent from the junction felt like different this year it felt like nothing this year I mean I looked at it I'm like oh gosh I gotta climb that after summiting Whitney you come back down in our day packs And we got our packs together and I looked at the terrain and I'm just like, oh, goodness gracious. I forgot about this part that you have to climb from the junction back to trail crest, which I think is a couple hundred feet. But, you know, when you're so tired, you just don't want to climb anymore from there. I thought it would be hard. But again, rest step. That was my lifesaver, man. I just always just going slow, you know, keeping a good pace and, you know, not stopping as much as possible and just to keep going. So those were like the hardest part, I guess. Um, It's more of a mental thing as opposed to physical. I won't say that it's an easy trail. I would say that a lot of those things were mental. And yes, you do have to train physically. And I think one of the longest part two was Lone Pine Lake to Whitney Portal. (laughs) That whole, I think, 2.9 miles seemed like forever and it's not hard it's it's going downhill but when you're just like you know can I get real food can I get a shower when you get to that mental state you just want the trail to end and the switchbacks just keep going like you count on your map and you're just like oh there's seven left or whatever nope it's longer than you think it is so really I think that was One of the, I guess, mentally hard part was to just get there. Yep, so that's for that question. What you thought was the hardest, mental or physical. The next question I have is, what was in your 42-pound pack? Oh man, just like as a summary, I had gear in there that was approximately maybe 20 pounds or so. I'm not ultralight compared to some people. I do just, I'm comfortable with what I have. And yeah, sometimes you just got to sacrifice on that. I'll talk more about that on the gear episode. I also had water, which is four pounds for two liters, you know, that's in my bladder. And I have food in my bear can that's good for basically eight days. So maybe 15 to 18 pounds. So that's pretty much like all my 42 pound pack. And the cool thing is at the end of our trip, when we got to the, to Whitney Portal, we weighed our packs. And remember, I have wet clothes in my bag that never dried from day six, I think. Yeah, day six. And even day seven was cold and it rained again that day. So nothing dried up until we got back down. And so I have wet clothes. I don't know. Maybe that weighed like another two or three pounds. So when I got down to Whitney Portal, we weighed our packs. And guess how much I have from 42 pounds with water and everything. I went down to 34 pounds. So I think if I dried everything, I might have had like 32 pounds, which is kind of cool. I mean, if I can keep my pack at 32 pounds on all my backpacking trips, which I think if you are in SoCal, you can totally get away with not having a bear canister. So that helps a lot. I mean, we were out there for eight days and had food for eight days. So you can imagine 42 pounds and it just started consuming these things. So 30 
32 to 34 pound at the end of my trip. I was pretty happy with that. So that was that. Um, Next question is how much water do you carry and how do you find spots to refill? So I carry two liters each time. We refill before heading out of the campsite. So we always... um, we always refill, you know, our water where we camped the night before. And if needed to stop, we, we stop to filter water again. You know, there's a lot of water sources on the High Sierra Trail, which is great. I usually estimate a liter for every 45, four to five miles, not 45 miles, it's crazy. Four to five miles, depending on weather. If it's um, hot, then I got to make sure I have enough water. Um, there were a couple of stretches that where we ran out of water and there was no water source until we got in like to the junction. This is heading down towards Kern Hot Springs and really all three of us ran out of water. It was crazy. And as we were walking down these switchbacks and it felt so long because it was descending, like we descended maybe 3,000 feet that day. It was hard on the knees and the terrain was also pretty difficult. But as we were going out and we were all kind of far apart from each other, like Maddie, I had Maddie go first and then I was next and then Sharon, we were probably like 30, 40 feet away from each other. So we were on our own for the most part. And all I hear was water, water, like I hear water or something like that and then you know for all you know there was water there after so many miles and here we go that's where we filtered again and we would have had to basically in that stretch we would have had to go down and bushwhacked to get water if we wanted water like in between so we were like you know what let's just wait till we get to the next part and so yeah about 80 percent of that down that's when we figure out there was water and we stopped there to filter then after that we had another 2.5 miles till we got to camp and so yeah i use a filter called the catadine be free and oh my gosh it's so good great water flow all of us used it we used one filter for the entire trip i used to have which i still do I have the Sawyer Squeeze, actually the Sawyer Squeeze Mini. It's great. It's it's awesome. I used it last year on Whitney, but when I saw the Catadine Refree from one of my friends, oh my goodness, what a difference. So from now on, I'm only using that. And thanks, Catadine, <laughs> for creating this amazing filter, water filter. So yeah, I mean, look, short stuff today. I didn't want it to make it long. I wanted to keep it within the 30-minute range. But again, if you haven't subscribed subscribed rate and review so others can see and benefit from it please do so stuff bell says and we have apple podcast spotify i don't know if they do that but please do share if you share it i would love to repost and just let people know there's people out there on the same boat that are trying to learn and listen to a podcast like this so thank you guys so much and i hope to hear from you guys on social media and really one of these days i hope to be able to hike with some of you guys as well that are listening to this podcast thank you so much again and until next time bye bye